You're listening to the Legend Vest Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started or been in business for many years, we take a deep dive into what it takes to truly become successful. It's time to level up your business and your personal life. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jameson and Courtney Gavin. What's up, legends? Listen, folks, I want to give you so much value in these podcasts. And the beautiful thing about listening to our podcast is they're absolutely free. So I'm going to do a business series on management styles. So this is going to be a management style series. And I want you to listen to all of these so you can understand what it is to be a good manager or a good leader and all the different styles that there really are. And then you can pretty much dictate which style that you already do, which style that you actually learn from and uh, perform best in, and which style you'd actually like to perfect. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the Legend Vest Podcast. My name is Jameson Gavin, and this is where we teach you how to become a legend and how to invest in yourself. So in this series, I think you're going to really learn a lot. You know, when it comes to management styles, everybody pretty much like really works well with one or two styles. You know, either you work well in an environment where the leader or that manager has a particular style or you yourself as the leader actually perform and have a better team when you perform in a certain style. So I want to talk to talk with you today about the different styles of management, and then you're going to be able to see which one you actually do. So in this, it's going to be a multi-part series because I want to do a deep dive into all the different styles and really spend around 10 to 15 minutes talking about those different styles, and then you can replay it and kind of understand which one you actually prefer. But in today's episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a lot about management, the styles, and in general of what management really is. So when it comes to management styles, you know, they really consist of planning, prioritizing, and organizing work efforts to accomplish objectives within a business organization. A management style is the particular way managers really go about accomplishing these objectives. You know, it, it encompasses in, in its completion the way we make decisions, how we plan, how we organize work, and how we exercise our authority. Management styles vary by company. It can vary by even the levels of the management, even from person to person. A good manager is one that can adjust your management style to suit the different employees and environments. An individual's management style is shaped so much by the different factors, including internal and external business environments. You see, when it comes to a business and being a manager or even just a leader in general, the style in which you portray your authority is not just the style that you think is your best style. When you have employees, you must relate to them how they need to be related to. You see, I find in business and in corporations through mentorship, through being involved, through being employees of other people's businesses, that leaders tend to have one style. They tend to have a either democratic style, they tend to have a laissez-faire. You know, there, there's so many styles we're gonna get into in, the, in, in these next uh, episodes for the series that I really think you're gonna enjoy. But a lot of people have different styles. And 
What I find is that individuals who climb the corporate ladder, they tend to have a style that they just stick with. They stay in one style and they never actually learn that, you know, what? in order to be the best leader, in order to become a legend and to invest in myself as well to gain other skills, I need to develop different management styles of how to relate to this particular employee. I know if I can relate well with them, change my style when I'm speaking with them, that I want to get the best performance out of this employee, not only just from a, a performing from a from a job perspective, from a uh, you know from a monetary and getting you know the the worth out of them that that we're paying them to do, but also for their personal life. They're gonna find something else about them that they're actually really good at, that they love, that they, they man, I, they didn't know that they could perform and I could get this out of them. I've had that happen so many times of working with individuals. They say, you know, I didn't even know that I that I had this in me. You pulled this out of me. You allowed me to be a flower that blossomed. That's what you want to become as a leader is be able to understand how to talk to Sally, how to talk to Jack. Right. You need to talk to Brian. You, you need to understand what the management style really is. So in order to be effective, a manager's style and outlook must fit into the business's organizational culture. I think it's so important when you are a leader, if you're not the CEO, even if you are the CEO, but more if you're not the CEO, the head honcho, the one that where the buck stops. If you are of an environment and you are on that team, you need to drink the Kool-Aid. You need to understand that if you have a leadership style and it's not a part of that organizational culture, then you need to shift that style, right? So to give you an example, there uh, let's, let's use Chick-fil-A as an example, okay? Chick-fil-A, uh, they have a very stringent hiring process. You know, people ask. People ask Courtney all the time, you know. And it's amazing, uh, you know, people ask Courtney so much about Chick-fil-A. And she did work for Chick-fil-A. She was actually on the training videos. Um, you know, she was a phenomenal, phenomenal employee at Chick-fil-A. And she really does have a true love for Chick-fil-A. And not just the food for the culture, the environment, the way that they give, the way they provide. I mean, the whole not. And people ask Courtney. Random people, you know, why is Chick-fil-A like, you know, like why are they just always so friendly? You know, you go to Chick-fil-A, you know, and they're they're happy to serve. You go to other places and they're just not that happy. They're like, okay, you know, bye. You know, Chick-fil-A will have a great day. Blessed to be a blessing. You know what I mean? They're, they're smiling and they're ready to go. And when it comes down to it, the leaders at Chick-fil-A are going to be of one type of management style. The organizational structure that they have established at Chick-fil-A is a friendly, happy, caring, charismatic, right? Delivering your order properly the first time and also being uplifting. You see, that last part of uplifting is one that is very difficult to teach. However, it can be taught, but it's very difficult. To, it's something where I believe, and I have, I've never worked for Chick-fil-A, but it's something I've noticed of all of their employees who, I say 99.5% of their employees, which is phenomenal, you know, they have that one little thing at the, at the end, little, but the most important, and that's uplifting. And when you see, when you have that culture and that management style where the leaders are also, you know, I'm sure there's been time in Chick-fil-A when somebody just messed up the Chick-fil-A patty or whatever, the chicken. But when that leader manages from a style of steel, correcting, but also understanding how to uplift the individual after they have done something wrong, 
that style trickles down and it works through the entire organization. So having that organizational culture of being uplifting in the Chick-fil-A environment allows people who have that, that role inside of them to want to apply for those jobs because they receive that service. So you as a leader want to maintain that management style of being uplifting, of, of not just you know coming down hard, but also uplifting them in that process. Okay, so the style must adhere to the policies and procedures set forth by the organization, and they must be able to achieve company objectives. There are there, there's so much responsibility when it comes to being able to manage those those styles, and they are responsible for controlling an effective work team. And you must uphold organizational beliefs within whatever team you are in. A manager, remember this, a manager who cannot do this is completely ineffective. A leader, let's switch the word, a leader who cannot do this is completely ineffective. I, I want, you know, I don't know who, who can send this to every C-level uh, Fortune 500 team. Just send that, you know, section right there to them. Just send that right there. A manager who cannot do this will be ineffective. There's so many managers right now, so many leaders, VPs, presidents, even CEOs, even directors, just managers in general of large, large corporations. Folks, if you have these type of businesses and your leaders are not standing on your organizational culture, I mean, the way that they lead. And the only way you're going to find out how, see, this is so funny too, the only way you as a leader are going to find out how your leaders that are that you report to you how well that they lead is to talk to the people whom they lead and sometimes you have to do it by not being direct so in organizations that I have and I let people know that I do this because I ask for it the same way I ask for them to you know to to be honest with me as well and I hope that they are but for the managers for the people whom you know report directly to me I speak to the people on site. I speak to the people, you know, who are, you know, as for all intents and purposes, make the least amount of money in the organization. I ask them, hey, how is so-and-so as a leader? How is so-and-so at responding to your request? How is so-and-so when you've acted out, when you've done something that you shouldn't have done, when you needed to be reprimanded? How was this process? This workers comp, you know, I'm sorry this happened. You know, we're going to be here for you. Everything's going to be great. And, you know, you're going to get going to get better and get healthy. How did the whole process happen? When you told them that you rolled your ankle on property, how did the manager respond? What did they do? I want to know these types of things, because when you are a leader, the whole organizational culture for all of your leaders must resound. It must reverberate off the walls. Everyone must know when they walk into these four walls, when they work for this organization, for your company, that this is what they're going to, this is what we stand firm on. It's not just about profits. There's a gazillion businesses out here, right? You, you, you have stockholders. We know we're making people money, okay? But, but the thing that you need to focus on is the culture and the style of management for the people whom are in your organization. So I'm going to talk to you about really two types of organizational structures, and we're going to go really deep into all the different structures uh, here very soon. But from a top level, we're going to work from the top down. And what you're going to have here 
is you're gonna have a hierarchical management structure, okay? So these types of structures call for decisions to be made solely by upper management. This is a very, very common uh, structure. And you probably know 99% of companies actually are from this, this, this style or this structure. And within the scope of a manager's position of the hierarchy. So basically, a hierarchical management structure is gonna be um, the United States government. Okay, so these types of organizations require more controlling management style in order to meet objectives and get things done as specified. Fatter structures with more decentralized decision making, which is another style we're going to talk about, benefit from management styles that encourage team communication and employees contribution with regard to decision making. That's that's the most important part right there with regard to the decision making. So you got one style that's basically big guy on top pulls up his pants, has his belt on suspenders. He's the big guy. When he walks in, everybody says, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir, right? You got another style where decentralized, where everybody says, thank you, yes, sir, no, sir, to each other. And it's more of, a, like I said, decentralized, where it's not one single person who's holding all the power and more decisions, decisions are made on a unilateral level. So you got two different styles. So let's talk about style number one. This is the organization style, not the management styles, okay? The hierarchical organization style is an organizational structure where every entity, every person in the organization, except numero uno, number one, is subordinate to everyone else. Okay, every pretty much every government in the world is pretty much like this. Um, most corporations that you know of, governments, organized religions, they're all the same. I mean, the Catholic Church is like that. You have the Pope. You got like a head Pope. And then they got like other popes underneath them, I think. Or no, there's one pope. And then they got other like bishops and other things like that underneath them. So it's basically different levels of management, power, and authority. The most beneficial aspect of the hierarchical organizational structure is the clear command and vision that's established. So when you look at this type of structure, right, when we think of the United States government, you have the president, Donald, Donald Trump right now. He is the president of the United States. Whether you like him or not, he's the president. You got to deal with it, okay? He sets the tone and the pace. He is the numero uno. He is the one, the guy, the yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. He is that guy. When he walks through the door, people stand, the, the troops salute. He's that guy. Now, he sets the tone, the vision, the planning of the country for a leadership perspective. That's why we vote is to vote for those individuals who are the individual whom we want to serve in power. However, hierarchy may become dismantled by abuse of power. When you look at organizations, and a lot of times this happens with big organizations that are family run, where there's one person um, and they just decide that I'm going to do it this way. I don't care what happens. This is my company, nobody else's company. This is how we're going to do it. A lot of times what happens is abuse of power. And it's very, very important to make sure that that power is not being abused. Okay, it's very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. Now, decentralized decision making, this is the second type of organizational structure, is any process where the decision making authority is distributed throughout a group. It also basically decides a higher authority is given to lower level functions, basically not just executives, but also the workers, the people who are doing the widgets. The decisions arising from a process of decentralized decision making are 
the I'd say a functional result of group intelligence, right? So I don't know if you actually know, um, you may not know him, Carl Jung. He's a, a a very we studied him in psychology, and he had something where he talked about the collective unconscious. And when you look at this, you know it's kind of like group intelligence or crowd wisdom or crowd think or group think or whatever. And there's pros and cons with this as well. But decentralized decision making does have some advantages. And there's an MIT professor by the name of Thomas W. Malone, and he explains that decentralization has three general benefits. Number one, it encourages motivation and creativity. When you think about a, a organization where even people on the ground floor who are actually installing and developing and creating, putting together the widgets of whatever it is, they have authority to make decisions. Oh, you know what? This process would be so much faster if we could go from step A and move directly to step C. Where you know we we can we can eliminate a whole step here, and if I could just you know toss this piece of whatever behind me, and then Bob can pick it up off the floor with a with a machine then we could actually use that part to recycle it and use that for you know the end of whatever part, et cetera, et cetera. Having that, the opportunity for the people on the ground to have creativity brings motivation. And to allowing them to have an opportunity to even speak brings happiness and it, and it allows them to be motivated to want to, to to want to do more because they feel like they really can do more. And it's not just they feel like it, they actually can so this also allows many minds to work simultaneously on the same problem. This is what Thomas W. Malone, these are his top three things. The next one is it accommodates flexibility and individualization. At the very core of all of us, we are one. However, we were all created by at least two. So when you understand whom we are and what we are, we are individuals who are designed to be together with people. You see, even when an individual does something wrong and they go to prison, they go to jail, when they do something wrong even there, what do they do? They isolate them into solid, what is a solitary confinement. You see, we as people, we want to be around other people. We want to communicate with people. We want those people to tell us that we've done well. We want to see our successes. We want to see wins. And you have two different management styles. I'm not going to tell you which one is better, which one is worse. You can decide that for yourself. However, when you understand that an organization is not an organization if it just has one. If it's one, it's, it's singular. Organization is, is a group of things, individuals, people, etc. And so when you understand that by appealing to one that allows you to be better with a team, that is gonna be the organizational structure you want to choose for whatever business, whatever endeavor, whatever empire you are building right now or you will be building in your future. That is the organizational structure you want to stay focused on. So, hope you like this episode. Be, get prepared, be prepared, stay prepared. I'm joking. Uh, this is going to be the management style series, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. So let's dive into the next one, which is going to be the democratic style of management. And let's do this, baby. Thank you once again for listening.